Welcome back to NALP's Young Professionals Network podcast, Growing in the Green Industry. Today's podcast is powered by our YPN network partner, Steel. Steel makes a full line of gasoline and battery-powered outdoor power equipment for the demanding landscape professional. Find yours at steelusa.com. Your hosts of today's episode include myself, Neil Glatt with Grow the Bench, Luke Melangrano from Mariani Landscape, and Brett Lemke from RM Landscape. How are you guys doing today? I'm great. Doing well, Neil. How are you? Doing super well. It's nice and not too hot, finally, for us, which is, but uh, it is raining again, so I guess it's not really a change. We, we, had the, we had the nice, cool weather last week, and we're back into the, back into the 90s and humid today. Something to look forward to then. So, yeah, summer is still here and, uh, and and making us all really confused, right? Like, I think one of us said it right. It's just still spring, like conditions, but with the heat. Like, yeah. Well, well that's not fair. That's, that's not how it's supposed to be. But uh, landscapers, we always just talk about the weather. That's true. Well, we can talk about something else. Brett, do you want to introduce our guest today? Yeah, we have Savannah Craven with us today. Uh, she is a landscape design and horticulture professional. She received a Bachelor of Science in Horticulture from Brigham Young University, Idaho. While in school, Savannah was a landscape design professor's teacher assistant uh, for two years, and she did a fair amount of work for the Campus Greenhouse and Plant Shop. She was a team leader for their horticulture club, Metis Topiera. Yeah, I'm, I'll get it that right next time, Savannah. Uh, and was selected to be student ambassador for NALP Landscapes 2018. Since graduating and completing a few design-focused internships, she worked at Sunline Landscapes in Utah as a part of the design and sales team for high-end residential landscapes for about three years. Welcome, Savannah. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing well. And so uh, you are in the workforce full-time, starting off, and how's it been for these, these first few years? Yes, it's been it's been a roller coaster. It's been exciting to take what I've learned from school and then jump into the real world and kind of just learn how to uh, relearn everything in in how things work out in the landscape industry. It's been really fun. I think that always the question is, did uh, were you prepared? Was it what you thought it would be? Internships probably we'll talk about those a bit that maybe prepared you a little bit more, but um, you. Uh, you happy with the path so far? Oh yeah, I, I couldn't be happier with, um, I think the program, the horticulture program at BYU-Idaho is great. And then, yeah, especially that kind of real world application in my internships were design focused and it really helped transition into like a full-time job. Curious what the internship experience was like for you and, and what you learned through them about, uh, this is a career, but also what you were looking for in a, um, in a workplace to call home. Yeah, I, um, well, first of all, I, I never even knew that like landscape design was my passion in the beginning or that it was even an option. I kind of stumbled into it and fell into this path. But when I got into doing my internships, that's really when it started solidifying because it was getting towards the end of my um, schooling anyways. And I could really see, wow, like these are real people that real people that I'm working with, um, you know, design centers um, working in AutoCAD, like every day really boosted my software skills and then my people skills with clients and everything. And I started seeing the 
all the potential for an actual career to come out of it right about then. So. It, uh, it's exciting. And I think good programs understand the value of an internship and doing multiple ones. And uh, often, you know, I think we all went to school with peers and some just took their summers off and went back home and did something different. But those that took advantage of the opportunities to work in the industry under good uh, structured internships or just summer experiences, it just builds you up because you eventually have to leave school. I think people could try to make it a profession, but, and, and, um, but if your path was to be out there uh, in the industry, working with clients and people, then right, the more preparation you have, the better. Exactly. And I would say like during school too, this program was really focused on networking and um, meeting other companies all around uh, our area and even across states and everything. So it was really awesome to, to get that real world experience in that way as well. Is that how you got connected with Sunline? Um, so actually little backstory I so I had competed in NALP and that's how I found my first internship I just felt like going a little bit further than my hometown I grew up in Utah went to school Idaho and and then I did my first internship out in Colorado just for fun and um, really liked it out there and I wasn't really planning on doing another internship because I just had one more semester left and I was going to graduate and then look for a job but um, Chelsea Hartshorn she is uh, still here. She's the director of design sales here. And she reached out to me on LinkedIn um, because she had reached out to our professors at school to see um, who she should reach out to for someone that could help her in the in design. And my name came up. And so she reached out to me and I ended up doing kind of an impromptu internship um, with her here at Sunline, which ended up working out great because once I graduated, um, I just came right back. Total shout out for LinkedIn, by the way, like be active on it because that's where there's even people who I know pretty well. And it's like, I don't have their cell phone number saved in my phone. I'm going to reach out on LinkedIn first if their email isn't, you know, top of the suggestion list. And uh, I've reached out to a bunch of students for job offers and there's some who never get back to me. And there's some who get back to me well after I've hired somebody else for that job. I'm talking like four to six months after the initial message. And they're like, Oh, I didn't see it on LinkedIn. Like figure it out, get notified and be active. I agree. That's what I tell students. They're like, what's your piece of advice for me, you know, going through this program or even just anything in the green industry or any career really. And I just tell them like, be active on LinkedIn, have a good resume, build up a portfolio, especially if like you're in design, have a website or have a, booklet or something so that people can can see your worth better but you and i are connected and you're the only person who shows up in my newsfeed hand coloring designs in a time lapse which is awesome to watch and linkedin says that like thousands of views are happening of those videos what's that um all about is that just something for fun or is that a way to stay relevant for you or well my my very first time-lapse video on LinkedIn actually is the one that did the best. It was just such a surprise to me. I didn't know I'd get that sort of reaction or feedback to it. I had done a couple time-lapses for my professor when I was working under him as his like landscape design TA. And that was kind of for fun, but mostly to like show students how to, how to color render something in like a quicker way. 
Um, and so I was like, I do a lot of these color renderings for plans when I, in the conceptual stage, when I'm about to present to clients and really get them excited about their projects. So I'm going to just try to record this. And I literally just had a chair and a bucket and my phone stacked on top of it, nothing fancy at all. And um, yeah, people just loved it. And so I just kept doing it because I'm doing it anyways. And I really like to show that you can still add your personality and like an artistic touch and flair to designs, even though we are like pretty heavily um, technologi technologically adv advanced, like with AutoCAD and everything. You know, I think the, the art of hand drawing, color renderings and everything like that, I mean, it's it's a little bit lost I feel and and but I think a lot of the companies and I'm sure you know such as you guys over at Sunline you know you're dealing with high-end residential clients bringing that artistic touch is probably a huge selling point with them I mean I some of our designers I mean we have we go uh, you know CAD 3D renderings you know hand-drawn I personally love the hand-drawn the best I think they look awesome um, they're very time consuming, of course, but uh, I think it gives that little bit of a personal touch to that client and it gives them something, you know, like you, you set that on their table and they're like, wow, that looks awesome. Yeah, I agree. And I, I figured out sort of ways to kind of almost cheat that fully hand-drawn sort of look. They're still using AutoCAD a little bit, depending on how much time I have. Sometimes I will print off um, just the base plan, like with the house, no labels or anything. I'll hand draw those in and I'll just like very lightly have light circles for where all the trees are going. And then I draw over them. So you can't even see it. So it looks like it's just all hand drawn, but it just is cleaner and a little bit quicker. But. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm actually watching all the videos right now. And so this is like <laughs> deeply satisfying to watch that, that stuff. Um, but no, they're, uh, these are, they're awesome. And, you know, and it takes you back to everybody had to, you know, go through design program, had to cut their teeth with rendering and you quickly figured out those that like it and enjoy it. And then the ones are like, okay, this, this isn't their thing. And that always separated uh, in my world, the horticulture program was just the, you know, you have those that wanted to apply and do the work, those that want to design, those that want to do the, the business part of it. And so, um, mm -hmm. but it is, uh, it, it's, it's beautiful and it offers that creativity uh, to it. And so, yeah, I um, hopefully listeners will find you on LinkedIn and this because it's, it's a great, you wait you know, a minute long. So it's plenty. You could do it while you work. Right. Yeah. It's really exactly. Def, if you're looking for a quick break, uh, that'll be, um, I, I've never designed anything, but it's like, I feel like I could <laughs> from watching it. Like, go on LinkedIn, find Savannah. Cre I could definitely color in the lines if you sent me a plan like you're talking about. Yeah, that's basically all I'm doing. So, <laughs> Savannah, I'm just, I'm curious with that. You know, you post these videos on LinkedIn. Has anybody ever reached out to you because of them and, you know, asked for you to help them, help teach them that or, you know, almost sort of like a side business, side hustle for yourself out of it? I have gotten um, a lot of people, you know, commenting on them or they'll direct message me and, you know, ask for help with their designs, even people like out of out of this state, out of the state of Utah. And that's really cool, really exciting for me. I'm, I'm more than happy to advise or critique or help out with 
landscape design. And I also think it really helps when um, I am part of like the, the recruitment team that goes and gets interns for us. And then I, I'm usually the one managing the design intern. And so when we're up recruiting in, in campuses or anything, then I can kind of um, show that or, or in most cases, they kind of already know who I am or they've seen it and it gets them excited because a lot of people do are, are, are fascinated, fascinated with design, I feel like. And so it, it just shows them that you can have a career in it and look, you get to color, you know, like some of the time. It's, it's fun. I mean, I just, I think, you know, Neil touched on it with LinkedIn and social media and in general, I mean, you're doing a, you're doing a really fantastic job marketing for your company just on, just on posting those videos. I mean, and, you know, you're a designer within the company. It's not, you're, you're not an owner, you're not anything like that, but you're, you're marketing. And I'm sure that people see those videos and are like, oh, wow, that'd be really cool to learn how to do that or be able to work under Savannah and learn the art and the skill that she's you know, perfected over however many years of doing this. So I think it's a, you know, it's a shout out to you and a shout out uh, that uh, is beneficial for, for your company. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Oh, it's the progression and, and, it's, and it looks like good support. And so as companies out there that to say, you know, there's many ways to get your brand out there and to support team members and employees to, to and staff to share that piece. I mean, we, we have, it's wonderful when we like on our social media pages and our crews out there are showing, you know, and sharing the work that they do. And they're very proud of that. They're like, you know, that it's not just again, a, a you know, a, a, what do you call it? Just a, bla a media blast of we're the best, the fastest, the coolest company. And by some professional marketing, this is from our people and they love what they do. And they're showing that, that very well. What exactly. it, so Savannah, the, uh, what were you looking for in a design role? So is your role currently a lot of drawing or is it sales, project management? How, what, and what, what of those was most exciting for you to do? Well, in, in the beginning, I was mostly just a designer. I was the one that knew CAD the best here. And so I was really kind of shifting our softwares into that and really just heading all of the drafting and designing, coming up with concepts and, and, and dabbling in, you know, presenting those to the clients. And now a couple of years later, now I'm running with sales a lot more. I will see the client through, through the design process, through the estimating and bidding process onto the project, start handing it off to the project manager and then kind of overseeing it still as it's getting installed so that it's goes in the way that we're that I envisioned or that we came co collaborated with and thought for for that project um, and it all comes together just how the client wants and I mean that's the goal in the end is to make the client happy and to make you know their yard a beautiful oasis and all that good stuff. Yeah so for listeners who aren't necessarily familiar with Sunline you're dealing with high-end landscape designs right you want to describe a little bit about what kinds of customers you, and, and projects you typically work with yeah so I have the really cool opportunity to work with some some pretty um, top of the line clientele so um, when we say high end we we have really big projects that sometimes you know uh, the the budgets are, are large enough that we get to think of really cool and creative things like I've had clients say you know just what's your best and greatest 
ideas, like throw them at me. I just want something amazing. And so I really like being able to almost have like an open playing field. I don't have too many, you know, boundaries that I have to hold myself to. And as long as they love it and they can see that vision, then we can make it happen. Yeah, I think, I mean, to take uh, what Savannah was talking about a little bit further, I mean, with how she started out in her role of, you know, you were basically just drafting and, and doing those designs. I mean, I think that's a that's a, a lot of high-end residential companies work in a, in a fashion such as that. I mean, our design studio, we have, you know, six or seven different designers that work under us and they never see a client once. They're basically, you know, designing, they're working together as a team and they collaborate on these designs. And it's, I mean, I think as a designer going down that high-end residential route, um, you have a lot of opportunities and you're going to really see, you're going to get to do some really, really cool things. Um, you know, that, in 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 a lot of smaller marketplaces you don't always get the opportunity to to do and i mean for me i'm not a designer but you know working in the high end market it's it's a completely different world and it's really really fun yeah exactly here again, I find myself distracted by going on the website and looking at the projects. I just stopped getting on the computer and doing podcasts at the same time. But uh, beautiful, beautiful work, fun project. I can see what you mean by endless opportunities and budget with, uh, that's there. And so, and, and, and has that demand, like many other markets, just increased over the last couple of years? Um, yes. Um, I mean, when, when COVID first hit, like we were a little worried at first that maybe we'd see a dip or there wouldn't be as many grandiose landscapes going on because maybe you know we, we just didn't know it was a little uncertain but actually it just picked up from there because as I'm sure maybe you guys have seen as people work from home more often they want their landscapes to to be beautiful and to be that oasis and they start nitpicking things they don't like because they're home a lot more often and so we actually saw drastic uh, increase in in work and it's just been pretty steady if not increasing you know ever since then and as always basically spring through fall is just crazy busy with construction so so I'll go ahead, Brett. yeah i was just saying as that grows then what's next for you in that thought to continue and just improve skills of landscape design or how does the company support uh, your growth yeah, so I'm I'm pretty excited for the for the opportunities I have. Like I said, I'm I'm dabbling more into sales and to and seeing projects through, and I'll probably continue with that. And currently, I'm kind of on the at the the top lead design position too. So I kind of have the opportunities to like stick with you know design and just develop that process more and more, and and take that lead position. Or I can do more sales and do that. And, and really, if I wanted to, like we had a, we had a, a coworker that switched from being an, an enhancement designer to uh, an account manager into the, to the maintenance side. So you can kind of flip flop where you want, but, but beyond that, yeah, I'm just, uh, I know that I have like a lot of years ahead of me and we'll kind of see where it goes. I'm, I, I think that the possibilities are really endless. Well, I love the formal process that Sunline has for, uh, you know, clients to interact with the company, right? And it's it's right there on the website. These are the six steps 
that you can expect. And by the way, step six is construction starts, right? So there's more that happens after that. Mm -hmm. And the design phase is five, five different aspects that are listed. But um, from a sales standpoint, I love it. I'm always teaching the salespeople I coach, you know, be upfront with what you guys do and get the budget before you issue, uh, issue a proposal. And that's right on the website, right? So I can see how sales would be enjoyable for you to step into there because you're you're telling customers, hey, our design is going to cost one to 3% of your total project. Um, be prepared for that. And you're going to tell mm-hmm. us how much you want to spend before we even give you a proposal. Exactly. Yeah. It, it cuts a lot of like commu- uh, miscommunication in the front end, which I think is always good. If you can set those expectations really early on with, with your client and establish trust with them, you can see you're being honest and upfront about things then you will have just a much better time with them throughout their whole project. Um, So I would say Sunline, one thing Sunline here is like really good about is, you know, developing those processes and those steps, those transitions from design to install to maintenance. Like that's very broad, but they're in between those, there's like many steps that we as employees go through and we try to hold each other accountable to that. Like, oh, we're supposed to have, you know, a pre-construction meeting before we do this, we need to get on site, you know, before we, you know, like just to keep everything moving more structured, because I feel like in the landscape industry, there is that potential because things are so crazy and hectic and you're dealing with lots of crews and lots of employees that it could get uh, too chaotic and too out of hand. So I think having that process, laying those expectations, um, it just, uh, makes for a better experience and honestly a, a better product in the end, higher quality work, more efficient, you name it. Yeah. And I love the, the duality of highly structured process, highly artistic freedom. How does, how does that play out on a day-to-day basis for you? Yeah, that, it's a fine balance. You know, you, you got the, ba- uh, the, the contrast of being like the the right brain, you know, artistic, maybe more room for chaos. And then the left brain, which is like very structured. And in this type of line of work, especially as the designer, you have to work well with both of them. I always thought that I was way more left brained than I was until I started taking these landscape design classes way back in school. And I started to see like, oh, maybe I'm unlocking some sort of weird artistic skill that I never thought I had because it's it's almost like being able to envision something 3D. So it's like a almost like a 3D, three-dimensional sort of art form that you're putting down on paper. Um, and so, I don't know, it's just a, a good balance to have both, I would say. I would say if you're, if you're too structured and everything, there's no life to your design. There's no like passion in it and I don't know. I feel like you could get burnt out with just sticking with rules and structure. And, and so you definitely need that creativity and that kind of spark of life in the mix of things. And I think that it makes the design look better in the end anyways, like, oh, I have this crazy idea. I don't know if it'll work. Like, I know we're on a time frame, but this would be amazing. Let's see if we can do it. You know, Luke, don't you like it when uh, the designers always say, this is, I'm not sure if it's going to work, but can you figure out how to make, build this? <laughs> um, and, I, and, and I think that's an interesting point conversation for, for you, Luke, to just, you know, getting that information, getting something that has to be built, created, ma- managed. Um, what, what do you find is the, the, makes those transitions the best? 
Well, like Savannah said, you have to you have to be working together as a team and and talking about these things and not just you can't just go do a big job and then hand it over to the maintenance side of things and be like, here you go. It's yours. I mean, we we have a department here that the one person's job is strictly to they transition landscapes from construction to maintenance. And they're involved in that process over typically a two to three year phase. We talk, they talk with the designers and get the intent that they want. Um, you know, we design things. They may want the boxwoods pruned real formal, real tight, flat on top, or they may want the hedges real loose. You know, it's, it's all about that communication and, and, and working together. And, you know, typically these designs, once they're installed, they evolve over, a number of years and you all, you have to be working together with it. If you're not, uh, I mean, it's just, it's going to implode on you. And so, yeah, I mean, we get, we get crazy weird projects thrown at us all the time and we have to figure them out. Uh, but I like to think that we're pretty damn good at figuring out the impossible. And uh, it takes a lot of teamwork and a lot of, uh, you know, blood, sweat and tears, so to speak, but we we can make it happen. I think the companies that focus in this marketplace that are successful are very, very good at that. Yeah, I just want to put in a plug in for that. I like what you said about working as a team. I tell people all the time in the landscape industry, you may have different departments like maintenance, production, you know, design, but really it's just like an ongoing group project the whole time. And you've got multiple running together and, and that's how it works best. Like you were saying, if if those in maintenance can be in contact with the design from the front end and, and all the way through, it just is a lot smoother working together. Yeah. I mean, I, like I know of projects right now that our construction team hasn't even broken ground on yet that we're talking about with them. They're giving us plans. Hey, you know, when we present this to the client as a design, we don't want to, you know, hit them with, Oh, here's a, you know, million dollar landscape design and install by the way, Afterwards, it's going to cost you seventy-five thousand dollars a year to maintain this. We they want us. We want them to go in there with all of that information at one time, so we can sell them the whole package and say, "Okay, look, this is this is what it is. It's a big landscape. It's going to cost you this much every year thereafter because our maintenance team is going to have to do this, 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 and this." And we can have you know good discussions with the client, and then we. You know, we talk about it as a team and we talk about, hey, you know, construction's finishing at a project. Luke, <clears throat> they just finished this. Get eyes on it. Make sure things are staying watered. Yeah, we have irrigation, but you still have to, you still have to monitor and, and manage that type of stuff. So it's all, you know, you, you have different departments, like you said, but you have to be working together. You have to be communicating. It can't be, you know, one department, another department. It's one cohesive team at the end of the day. I agree. And as we think about our business, or I think those that, are, that really enjoy this industry and, and career to, to pull all that together uh, makes you very strong. I think it builds the credential of what you can design and build that is maintainable. Um, and then it uh, just strengthens the relationship. It's, you know, when a job well done in construction phase just only gets stronger when you see the same people consistently maintaining it. And you're going to have different people. People, we often will hear, well, I love that project manager. Can that project manager just be with me through maintenance? Well, no, uh, they go on to the next and there's a transition, but we hope that uh, our businesses, we're all the same. You know, the RM way is often said in, in many companies, 
uh, in this, that, that you'll have that same experience across the board. And uh, so, but right. It goes, it starts with some like you, Savannah, create something artistic, but manageable, maybe, I don't know how to build it, but still buildable and then maintainable at a, the sustainable levels. And, um, and then walking clients through the, the conversation, like, you could ha- you're gonna have an incredible landscape, but there's an incredible responsibility that comes along with this. Exactly. Yep. And generally, do you think the clients have uh, your clients have uh, respect the, the care and maintenance required, or uh, nothing worse than seeing something you be- created beautifully and then watch it just go because of the maintenance just go downhill? Yeah, that's that's heartbreaking. We always love to maintain the projects that we install, which you, normally isn't a problem. Usually they are expecting that and wanting that from the beginning. Um, but yeah, it, it just makes it so that our our name and our you know installment looks the way that we want it and we can take pride in it um, and, and make it look the way that we want it to look forever, you know? Well, isn't that a good business model? Like more often than not, don't we think about, well, let's go to talk to construction about how I can grow maintenance and let's go talk about maintenance, how we can grow construction. And so if you're an emerging company out there and figuring out if you want to add on those kind of services like maintenance or construction services, they're, they're great. They're, 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 they're future pipelines that often are, everyone thinks, well, let's go out there and knock on new doors. Well, these existing clients are right there ready for enhancements or new builds or, or maintenance. And they have friends, right? So if you have good clients, they tend to hang out with people who are probably good potential clients. Yeah, I mean, we just, one of one of my uh, teammates, he was just at a, um, one of our big clients hosted a garden walk last night and they asked us to be there. And he sat down and he walked away with three of their best friends' telephone numbers, all wanting work done. I mean, it's, I mean, that's, that those, the high-end circles, they all hang out and they're all looking for, typically the best. And so, um, you know, it's, it's do, do what you say you're going to do and do a great job. And you, it, that, that business is just going to grow you know, naturally and organically. Absolutely. Oh, sorry. I would say that um, here we definitely have that model where we have a lot of uh, word of mouth type of work. We also work a lot with um, custom home builders so those are like main trade partners. They'll build this beautiful, grand, custom home. And then they'll say, hey, Sunline is the best. They're going to come in and, and do your landscape. And they're all for it. I'm thinking if I was doing a million dollar design build project, would it be worth it to spend 10 grand on a grand opening garden party for the client to invite all their friends for my staff to work it? And, and explain what we've installed and get those referrals. I don't think That's you're really amazing. wondering about that. I think you actually have a pretty good thought in your head. Like, yeah, yeah, do that and watch how it will help, right? You're sly, Neil. You're really sly. About, <laughs> subtle about that one. The, the, the subtle art of making people think that it's their own idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's called empowering Brett. <laughs> It is, uh, and, you know, and I think it's like a know thyself, but I mean, we, there's just so many stories about, well, we've never built that, but we'll figure it out. Or I don't know if we could really good at maintenance, but we'll try. And, and, and those are what goes. And, and I, you know, I was sharing with um, our team the other day, we were sharing personal values and philosophies. And I was like, curiosity was, is a big one for me. Like, 
yeah, I don't know, but I'm really excited to learn and, and how it goes. And I could point to many times in our company, my time, my father's time, and many people you are like, we'll figure it out. And we do. And the client's thrilled that they didn't have to go searching for someone that could think through this thing. And the business grew and it to, you know, so any point, like it, it, it avoided burnout when we're not just doing the same thing. We then hired talent that got to, well, you're building this kind of stuff. I mean, you show your photos to interns and people like, wow, to be a part of that, to build that, to design it. Like that's, you know, that's the easy, the easy win. You know, we talk all about um, growth and development opportunities all the time here on the podcast. Right. And sometimes we talk about the fact that there's not, if you're in a smaller company, there may not be that career growth opportunity. Right. Um, or it can be hard to, I may be at the highest I can go in my company and then I'm just waiting for an owner to retire or die and hoping that I stand a chance then, right? Um, but if your company is always trying new things and figuring it out on the fly, like you're talking about, Brett, that can be a great way to create that growth and development without having to have the career move or the title change. Um, and presumably it's going to grow the company and lead to maybe not a pay raise, but a bonus or something that can happen as a result, right? Of that new line of business. Well, and Savannah, you, you said it right. When we just talked about the future, you're like, I'm, you know, I'm emerging in my career is what I heard, right? There's lots of time ahead of me to get better at what I'm doing or bet, you know, improve this part of the company rather than, well, I did this for a year. Now uh, put me in this role or, you know, Hey, when do I get to run the company? Like it's time develop in that process. And, you'll, you'll go where you want to go. Right. And as long and to Neil's point, as long as that company supports it, but give you that, that freedom to explore and change and make a mistake or two on the, along the way. Yeah, exactly. I think as long as, um, at least for me, I, I want to feel like slightly out of my comfort zone at all times. And, and sometimes that can get like overwhelming and scary, but I also know that I'm learning so much. That's just another thing on my tool belt to use in the future that I'll be like, oh, I came across this problem before I know how to fix it. Or I've, I've dealt with all sorts of clients in all sorts of moods. And so this is great. I can handle, you know, anything that comes up. Um, and so I think it's really nice, especially in the, in the green industry where there's like a million different pathways that, that you can take and, and grow and progress that, um, you know, there's just so many things that you can do. And as long as you're, you know, pursuing things that you like, but also stretch you a bit, you'll, you'll always be successful. So Savannah, what does professional development look like for you in terms of learning and acquiring those new skills? Is it conferences? Is it classes? Is it mentoring within the company? Is it finding those experience? What, what are you doing to consistently stay stretching yourself um, to have that growth? Yeah, I, I think that um, networking is a big part of that, whether that be through like LinkedIn or, or you know, other um, landscape design profess professionals uh, across the nation. That's really nice to like sit down, maybe have like a phone call conversation or like a Zoom conversation or like, how do you do things? This is how I do things. Like I, I, I hope or I would hope that, you know, you're, you're able to find those people that, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, like we're all in this together, we're all just learning and growing and let's help each other out. Like as long as you're like not direct competitors or whatnot, I think it's a, a great thing to kind of collaborate with people in your relative fields. Um, I also take classes. Like I was uh, 
took an irrigation class not long ago because that's something that I, I always can learn more about and I want to be smart, you know, about my designs. And so um, taking classes is a, is a big thing. Um, there's so many resources out there that you can tap into online. It's, it's really great and amazing. And also, I still keep really uh, good contact with my past professors they're great mentors to me if I have a question or if they have a question for me or anything, we, we talk and collaborate or, or just chat, you know, about where we think the green industry is going. Um, so I think as long as you're doing one or several of those avenues, you'll, you'll kind of stay on top of things. Um, even social media that can be used like to kind of keep up on trends or to see like cool things that people are installing or creating. I have like a whole um in my on my office on my wall I just have cutouts of um uh, uh photos of projects that have been installed all over the place and it just kind of like inspires me every time I like look at something like that's a cool idea maybe I can incorporate a piece of that in my design like there's just so much out there always be learning right and I think that is uh and it doesn't stop with the diploma and it and it doesn't you know gaining through the association worlds or just that staying highly networked um continues to push things because as beautiful landscapes you all are doing someone's doing something a little more different and creative that you're like well how can i do that over here and mm -hmm. every time i get to come visit your you luke and right and, and mariani it's just just to get you know how do you put that into this place and and that collaboration that will you know with ed we'll talk about designs and ideas and things like that and just keeps things fresh right because it I, you know in some markets where you're doing you know say starter homes or these big track homes and they're very consistent cookie cutters that that, that can can stale you bring, bring, same plant same shape and how do you sort of bust out of that uh that mentality of it too yeah, I mean, when I when I first started out in the industry, I was doing something very similar to that, Brett. We did a lot of commercial uh, bid-build projects and the subdivisions, track homes, whatever you want to call them. And, I mean, it was great. It was a great learning experience for me, but I definitely got – I had that burnout. I got bored with what I was doing at the end of the day. And, you know, I've been, been here with Mariani for six, seven years now, something like that, and – and every day, every week, it's something completely new, something completely different, uh, a new fun project. I mean, last week I planted a six inch caliper maple tree off of a barge on the lake at a house. So something I've never done before. Uh, you know, it's, that's that's what makes it fun for me. Something that you want to keep doing or that not that fun of a job to do? Was that, was, did it went, it went well, I imagine. Didn't float away or anything like that. No, no, no. It, it, it right. went in, Good. went in okay. smoothly. Now we just got to keep the thing alive. <laughs> yeah, replacing a six-inch tree is <laughs> the next thing you do not yeah, want to do. Yeah, replacing a six-inch tree and having to bring it in by crane off the lake, that's not thats not too fun. It's a... Uh, it's amazing that the risk sometimes of the projects like that creativity, but like, right, you just got to nail it. And that's what they look for in, in professional companies. If you believe you can do this. Yep. And you believe it's going to sustain it. Yep. Then just prove it and do it. And the next job, right. You can walk right into. 
Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, that's a, that's an instance. Of, it's a it's a pat. We don't even do maintenance for this client anymore, but uh, we used to do it. He went different route, but he wanted this tree, and he knew in our marketplace the only person who he could call was our company because we were the only ones who would be able to figure something like that out. There's no access any other way with this tree, um, and so you know, yeah, we you figure it out and you do, you figure it out and you do it. It's a prime prime example of why being friendly with competitors isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? Because at the end of the day, you have specialties and, and even when you're directly competing for the same uh, client and somebody's going to win and lose, there's plenty of opportunities to trade work back and forth to gain efficiency. Um, I loved when people copied what I was doing because we were super innovative with what we were doing um, in terms of snow plowing and I'm out there, Boston, trying to get a client to understand that this is better and worth paying more for. And the more copycats there were, the more, uh, legitimacy it gave to it. Right. So the whole industry is not going to flip on something right away, but if 10% starts to go, they're like, Oh, I've been seeing that more and more be like, yeah, we've been doing it for five years. We've got more experience than anybody. It made sales so much easier. So, um, I loved, uh, staying close to competition and um, there were enough bad actors that we didn't, you know, we could all gang up on, so to speak uh, in that sense. Um, but even getting no, being known for the only ones who can pull something off, I think is another reason, even if they, you know, don't go with you for everything. So advice Savannah for those that are uh, coming out um, heading into maybe paths similar to yours, what's, what did you learn of any, any like things you'd want to do differently? Well, um, I always tell students, you know, to, to do internships, like we talked about earlier and to do as many as you can. Like if, if you've got a summer break or if you've got time in between semesters or even just like working on campus, like I worked in the greenhouse and I TA'd over the plant shop. And so I was keeping track of inventory and, and so more like production type stuff. It, it's really nice to, I think, view all of your avenues because I, I didn't settle on design right away in in school in fact I was floral for a little bit and then I went into plant genetics and then I went into design and then more and then just kept on that path but um, I would say again like we talked about LinkedIn have a good profile have a good portfolio especially if you're going to be a landscape designer um, make sure that you're pretty well versed in softwares like AutoCAD especially I think that's probably the leading um, software to use for landscape design um, 3D softwares kind of vary wherever you go but having some um, knowledge of that too is really great and then just having a, a good professional attitude um, if you've got sales skills or like a sales personality that will definitely help you get hired as well I think because I think in, in any facet you're always kind of selling something whether that's the idea of a design or uh, the whole project itself or anything like that Neil she's talking your language right there love sales love selling anything anytime <laughs> love helping people sell stuff too. No, I fully agree. I think that's great, great advice for anybody who's listening and entering or new to the workforce. 
And Savannah, I, uh, I think you certainly have that sales ability, right? You just, you, you, you put your thoughts together very well and it's going to, I think going to work well for you in the role and the path that you're in. And cause you'll either go down, you know, you work with clients, you work with team members, right? You're going to lead or, or, or be able to cater to a client piece. It, it, that versatility is, is supremely required. And, uh, and I think what earlier said, like, well, you know, you start getting predictable how clients are in, like, yeah, but every so often that one client will just surprise the heck out of you had a call today. I'm like, you know, I didn't think people could think that way. And that's going to be a unique challenge to, to manage through. And, um, but I suppose again, that's the, the fun of it. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, that's why like we were talking about earlier, how I think in this industry, like for me, I, I, every day is so different and it's mostly because every single project is different. You're working with different people or different, um, tradesmen or, you know, different clients, different personalities. So, yeah, I get asked questions that I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never been asked that. I don't even, you know, know the answer to that or, you know, I have to come up with different solutions to problems, you know. Um, and so I think that <clears throat> as, as long as you're, you know, um, being, like you said, being able to be versatile and adapt to those changes, then you'll be just fine. Um, believe it or not, I was actually and still am quite like an introverted person on my own, but I find that I can do quite well, like on a, on a one-on-one -on -one conversation basis and, and develop relationships with people that way. So I think when people think of sales, they think of people that are like extremely extroverted and are just, it comes naturally to them. They're so good at it. I could never do that. That's what I used to think. Um, but that's not truly like you can make it unique to yourself and, 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 really succeed in your own way um it doesn't have to be like a cookie cutter way that you see other people do it if that makes sense reach totally <laughs> well and i think i think in our in this field too with you know the pushy salesman typically isn't as successful in the in the high-end residential marketplace i mean with with most of our clients i mean it's all about developing that personal relationship with somebody if you can develop that personal relationship connect with them on some level they're going to buy from you 10 out of 10 times i mean so many of our customers are repeat customers i'm sure it's the same you know for you once once you guys have passed along to um to your maintenance or enhancement department or whatever but you know, you develop that personal relationship with them. Selling is the easiest thing you can do. Uh, it's figuring out, you know, figuring out those other challenges of, you know, pushing the envelope with a design or figuring out how you're going to do something that you've never done before uh, with your production team, whatever. I mean, that's, that's usually the challenges then, but you develop the personal relationship and sales, it's just, they, they come naturally. It's the art of the listening, and, and I suppose some of that that introvert uh, sort of thoughts there or ways are could be very helpful in that, right? And so just to be, you know, because oftentimes people that are excited about their project they just want to talk and talk and talk, right? And so you got to give them that chance to get it out there. And so, uh, you, you know, however you are, just to be able to listen and just ask questions, right, gets you positions you really well, really quickly with with a lot of people. Exactly. I think it's, it's a good way while you're listening to also be able to like read their body language. And that way you can really tell if they're liking an idea or, you know, you can change on the spot of like, oh, maybe we do this instead. And, and you can just kind of like instantly feel that from them when you, when you are more attentive to listening to them. 
for sure. Well, well, thank you, Savannah. I think uh, your advice and, and, and many of our listeners, young professionals to hear how you've begun the early parts of your career and, and making some really good traction to it. Some really cool uh, social media posts, right? I think that mm-hmm. is, and I say everybody go and uh, find her on there and build up that. Cause then, then all you're going to do is keep doing more of these drawings so that we could spend more than just one minute a day looking at all your cool stuff that you do. So that'll help us all. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and you're building some and designing some really fun work out there. Thank you. So we, uh, we end every segment with uh, uh, Rose and Thorn and we talk about the, what went well, what's been a challenge in, in the week or the time period. So I'm looking forward to hearing what, what Luke was going on in Luke's world today. Why don't you kick it off? I wasn't paying attention there for a second. You're looking at it. You're watching one of uh, Savannah's uh, yeah, I was watching renderings, were right? I was watching a design it. These things are just so hypnotizing. <laughs> uh, no. Um, you know, Rose um, kind of touched on it earlier. I mean, just uh, and even this conversation, it's just, it sparked that, you know, my love for the marketplace that I get to work in, the company I get to work for, the new opportunities and challenges that I get presented with every single week, every single day. Uh, it makes doing what what I do really, really fun, uh, week in, week out. So, um, Thorn, I'm tired of the heat and humidity. <laughs> like I, I love summer and everything, but I just the 90s and hot and humid. It just is. Yeah, I've I've had enough of it. You know what comes after hot and humid snow and ice, right? So pick your. Pick yeah, your I mean, we've been talking about that in our meetings lately, <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, yeah, can we just like skip right past that and go to spring oh, again? <laughs> Remember him saying that, Neil, and then all we're going to hear in the spring is, why is it so wet and cold? And it's so, it's mm-hmm. just the, the life of a landscaper. We're never happy. Never. How about ends. you, Neil? Well, um, the Dodgers are taking a little road trip out East. And so I'm going to go down and watch them beat the Phillies for three games. And then uh, the next day I'm taking my fiance Janice down to uh, uh, the Mets stadium to watch the Dodgers play two more games against the Mets. So I've got five Dodger games in five days in person. And uh, there's no thorns about that. Is that how Janice thinks too? Uh, she so i've converted her successfully and she might be a bigger uh dodgers fan than i am believe it or not so what did you convert her Who, what team did you convert her from well she was she was a little bit of a red sox fan which i think you know makes it kind of amazing but then the red sox just gave up in baseball in general and traded away all their players and the dodgers got mookie Betts, who's just an awesome lovable guy so it helps right yeah they basically the cubs basically followed their path the cubs are all just, done yeah just traded everybody away see ya <laughs> all right uh savannah how about you well goodness i would say uh rose for me one being here being able to talk with you guys it's re- it's really cool to to hear your guys' experience. And also in, in uh, my workplace, I would say that we just have a, a lot of work, a lot of cool projects coming down the pipeline. But a thorn that we've been seeing lately is just supply of 
plant material. So that's kind of like our ne- our niche here is like really high quality plant material and large trees, you know, like those six caliper trees, you know, like that's what we're kind of known for. <laughs> it's been a little bit of a struggle to acquire them at this point, but I mean, we always make do, but I would say that's probably our thorn currently. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's, that's a industry-wide thing. I mean, we can't find like eight to 10 foot any sort of evergreen any evergreen you're looking for eight to ten foot you can get six footers or we can get 20 footers yes. <laughs> nothing, nothing <Yeah>. in between <laughs> i don't know where all the spruce and aspen went but they're they're gone <laughs> well uh i'll offer my rose as i've had uh, over the last couple of weeks we're seeing some fun uh and exciting snow opportunities come in which is uh, appropriately time some more advanced thoughts and some some of these are some larger ones so they're going to take some thinking it uh, and i've you know had a break of set, you know getting involved with the sales of snow and it's just exciting to be part of those conversations and help people solve what continues to be like the biggest thorn in everybody is just winter and snow and we don't want it to or we're scared and all that stuff and so we're so uh, I am happy about those conversations and I hope someday at some point on this thing, like we landed all that work and then I'll call that a thorn and say, I don't know, we got to figure out how to get it done. <laughs> um, so there's a balancing act, but we haven't, I'm just still excited because there's just opportunities still. And, uh, and thorn is just uh, continue to uh, align people with our values and uh, find the future uh, team members that will be joining our company that we need to keep growing and tomorrow is our company picnic so we're i think we're all going to be able to have a little celebration and, and relax and something we haven't been able to do in a little while too so um excited about that awesome well savannah thanks again for being part of our podcast and thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in uh please feel free to leave us a review and share this with any colleagues friends parents pets anybody who'd like to listen to our podcast as well and we'll see you guys all next week Take care. Thanks. Bye, everybody.